I'm having a flashback to when I worked for an organisation and I was the first female that joined their IT team. So I used to go to branch meetings and there would be 40 of us sitting around the table and I was the only female. And, yeah, far out the, um, the way I was treated during that um, experience, I look back now and think it's quite shocking, but I really learned so much and grew through that process. Welcome to the Sisterhood Club podcast, where we talk all things business, Web3 and NFTs. We're on a mission to educate, elevate and empower women into the world of Web3. So join us on this journey as we learn together from leading experts. And remember, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So please do your own research and enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood Club podcast with myself, Georgie Hubbard, and normally Pamela Caldwell, but she is currently nursing her new little baby Sky, so she won't be joining us today. But um, I am very excited to be joined today with Tia Monaghan. Tia is the Managing Director of Mint Street, a Melbourne-based Web3 company dedicated to empowering artists and their communities with creativity, integrity, and innovation. Tia works with artists and companies looking to launch projects and products that create experiences for their community using Web3 technology. Tia, it's amazing to have you here today. And before we pressed uh, record, we were just talking about all of the uh, incredible journey and bumps and, you know, all the things that you go through when you're starting a new business and a startup. So I'm really keen to get into that today. But before we dig into Mint Street uh, and, you know, what you're doing there, I'd love to take it back to before that and your journey into Web3 and uh, what brought you here today. So over to you. Sure. Thank you. And I'm really uh, excited to be here today on the Sisterhood Club podcast. So thank you for having me. Um, great to have so you. I guess in terms of my journey and where it all began, um, pre-Web3, I was a director in the renewable energy space um, and I've been in program delivery for about 15 years in IT infrastructure, renewable energy, managing multi-million dollar projects, um, thinking all things about hydrogen, uh, neighbourhood batteries, power line bushfire safety, all sorts of things. So I'm a, b- a bit of a generalist and if there's a big complex project that needs to be done, I'm, I'm the go-to person for that. I really enjoy those sorts of challenges. Um, so I've worked in IT for many years. I've always been interested in tech and emerging technology Um I, like most people um, who have now moved over to Web3, were looking at crypto in about 2017. So I started buying crypto then um, and it was sort of a dirty little secret that I kept to myself um, and only two other friends knew about it, one of them being my business partner now, Travis. Um, So we started buying crypto and throughout that whole time, you know, I kind of dabbled in it, pulled away as, as the market was going up and down. And it was in early 2021 when Travis showed me a picture on his phone of a cartoon ape that he had bought for <laughs> a couple of thousand dollars. And yeah. I was shocked and it just lit a spark. I thought there's got to be more to this and I need to look into it. So um, I've got an inquisitive mind. So I started doing lots of research and sort of fell in love with all things Web3 um, and just got really excited about the space and the opportunities and in particular, the opportunities for brands and artists to mm-hmm. to delve into this space, um, but do so with a bit of guidance. Um, 
Trav is a, a bit of an expert in the space. Um, and so he taught me a lot and we started talking about some ideas on what we thought we could do. Um, he's been a lifetime musician, so he's experienced, I guess, the impact of uh, COVID and also the impact of, um, I guess, streamline uh, streaming services and the impact that has on artists and royalties and things like that. And that sort of started generating some ideas for us about Mint Street. Um, we started coming up with ideas and it was, I think, Christmas Day last year I was talking to my family and thought, I really want to work in this space, but my job was very high pressure, lots of long hours, and I couldn't do both. Um, so with the support of my family being my cheerleaders, um, I resigned from my director role and mm-hmm. Travis and I went full steam ahead launching Mint Street. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot to talk about in that. But th- the first thing I want to say is congratulations because it takes so much bravery and courage to walk away from, I'm sure, a very well paid job to start a new business, especially in Web3, <laughs> where yep. people are still, you know, don't have a clue what NFTs are, don't know what crypto is. It's so brand new. And I think that took so much courage to do that. And it's really inspiring when I hear things like that, because it it is a risk, of course, like when you start anything new. So I just want to really take a moment to say, like, good on you. And I'm just, I find it so inspirational when I hear these things, because I've done it myself, and I know what it takes. And it's, it's amazing to hear that. So talk to me about that because so many people listening to this podcast, I know are entrepreneurs, but they've, they've got this dream, they've got this vision, but they are in a job right now. They've got families, mortgages, you know, people relying on them and they're scared to take that step and go, and go all in. So what did that process look like for you and how did you know it was the right time to just go for it? Yeah, it's a really interesting thought process that I went through. Um, like many people, I've definitely had bouts of imposter syndrome um, and I've something I've been working on through my whole career. Uh, I think I got to a point in my director role where I genuinely believed that I was really good at what I what I could do. I'm really good at program delivery and taking something complex, breaking it down and being able to get a, a team of people to come along that journey and not be daunted by the task. Um, mm-hmm. And I was starting to do similar projects and I thought, oh, I wonder if I should do something else. Um, and you're right, walking away from a great salary into a mm. space where people either don't know what NFTs are or some people have um, a belief that it's a bit of a scam and things like that. It was, you know, I was really battling internally and mm. even to put things up on LinkedIn that, that about me doing this and moving into this space, I'd gone from a job where I was very well respected and connected to this space now where I think I reached out to you on LinkedIn or vice versa mm-hmm. and yeah. that's how I'm creating my peer group now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm literally starting it day dot in that sense. Um, I think one thing that I thought about was I've mentored lots of people throughout my career and I always tell them to back themselves, particularly mm-hmm. if they're going for a job that's not ongoing and it might be a one or two year contract and I, you know, I'm always encouraging them to believe in themselves and take that next step because that helps mm-hmm. them get to the, the next step. Um, and I couldn't sit here and give out that advice and not take it myself. Um, and I had to back myself and know that I've got great skills. And if this doesn't work, that's okay. I've, I'm learning so much through this process. 
I just love the attitude. And there's two things I really want to pull out from that self-belief. I honestly believe that that is the cornerstone to success because if you don't back yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, you'll never go for it. And then this whole fear of what if my ultimate fear is living with regret. That is the biggest fear for me. It's not if, oh, what if that fails? I don't even have that thought. I'm like, what if I get to the end of my life and I go, why didn't I do that? But this self-belief, and I think more so in women, I'm going to say, because I've speak, I speak to a, a lot of women, we do seem to have this, this, oh no. And again, you mentioned imposter syndrome. Oh, I couldn't do that. What would everyone think? And they, they fear failure. They fear what other people think of them. And they don't have that confidence just to go for it. So where, where do you think that comes from? Have you always been, have you always had high levels of self-belief and confidence or has that come from putting yourself out there, putting yourself in situations where you felt uncomfortable and you've had to learn and grow? Like where has that come from for you? I think um, I've had some really good mentors right from the very beginning of my career who I'm still friends with and still work with um, 15 years later. And the constant feedback at every review or appraisal I had was, you're doing a great job, but you've got low self-confidence or you're a bit too hard on yourself. And I've really been working with coaches over a number of years to try and work on that because I didn't want that to hold me back in my career. Um, So I've definitely put a lot of effort into that. Um, I also think it's I guess the way I was brought up through my parents, um, they've both had really good careers uh, and my brother as well. So sitting around the dinner table, there was always lots of conversations about challenges and overcoming them. Um, I don't think at the time you really appreciate how much you're learning from the family around the dinner table, but I, I'm looking back now and reflecting and and that's helped build me um, and build my confidence. Mm. And exactly as you said, I don't want to live with regret. Um, I could have stayed in that job and kept doing that for the rest of my career, but I want to branch out, try new things and, and, and play in this exciting new space. 100%. I love that. And uh, I can also completely relate to that that dinner time because that was really big in my family as well. I'm very grateful that I had that experience and my dad would always be talking about his job, his learnings. And I think unconsciously I was absorbing all of that and witnessing witnessing my dad as well because he started a couple of businesses when I was growing up, witnessing his struggles, his triumphs and and really understanding business isn't just all sunshines and rainbows. There's a lot of times where you'll be bashing your head against the wall going, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is stressful. This is this is terrible. Like why don't I just go out and sit on my well well paid salary? Like you're gonna get moments like that. That is all part of the journey, right? But in those times, I posted about today actually, of struggle and challenge also comes strength. And it's that strength and that resilience, that's what it takes, I believe, to really build a business but no one really talks about that you know we all see oh the success you know look at that person they got all the freedom all the money that you know they're successful but they don't see what goes on underneath they don't see the hours of work the imposter syndrome the struggle the challenges that we've all have to go through to get a business off the ground so I think that's really really powerful what you've just said but I'd love to dive into now about menstruate 
and learn more about what you are doing in in Web3. So I was on your website earlier. It looks it looks phenomenal. And I think it's going to be such a needed business uh, in in the future and, and right now even because there's so many brands and businesses out there that are wanting to get into Web3 but really don't know where to start. They they don't, you know, they're, they're quite confused with, with just really how to get going. So how did the idea come about and um, where are you at the moment and what are you sort of working on currently? Sure. So um, Travis, my business partner, being a full-time musician, um, as I mentioned, um, had originally come up with the idea for Mint Street. It was his idea and basically he and I are both big believers in the tech um, and we think that I guess it can really help improve the lives of in particular artists um, in terms of royalties and ensuring that they take a bit of power back that they've lost over the last 10 to 15 years, I guess. Um, so the idea essentially from the artist side of the business is buy artists for artists. So if you're an artist and you're wanting to get into this space, it is overwhelming and there's a lot of things out there that they might not quite understand. So I guess that's um, our unique value proposition is that it's a bit of a hand-holding. It's not a cookie-cutter sausage factory where you come in and we spit out an NFT and there you go. Um, I guess we want to work with the artists. And Trav, having the experience to work with them, I think, is something that I think will be highly regarded. Um, and in terms of brands, I've got experience in delivery, complex um, business ideas, and I think we can help a lot of brands at the moment who are wanting to just dip their toe into the space and do so in a meaningful and a smart way to set them up for the next thing they do. I think with the brands that we're talking to at the moment, straight away they're all saying, what about the metaverse? Do we buy land and all this sort of stuff? And I guess mm-hmm. what we're saying is, Let's take it step by step. So don't scare your customers mm-hmm. either. And maybe it's releasing an NFT initially with a little bit of utility attached. And then we move mm-hmm. up as we go. So it's about, um, I guess, providing a bit of a, a boutique experience and it's it's not cookie cutter. Mm. I love that. I love the whole handholding piece as well, because I think we're, we're all still learning in this space. No one's really an expert. Everyone's just sort of learning day by day and going through their own experiences so I love the fact that you're sort of bringing people in and really helping them get clear I guess on what they want to achieve how they can go about launching but one thing that I I've I've been sort of looking into recently I'd love your thoughts on this is the difference between launching a web 2 project or product and launching a web 3 product or project is there any difference in terms of the way we should be going about that we should be thinking about that any sales and marketing advice you could give to people that are wanting to to get started in the space or launch something is it different what what are you sort of seeing in the space right now i think the general process is quite similar that you go through and i'm definitely seeing a lot of web 2 marketing agencies who are skilling up on web Mm. 3 and and sort of transitioning into the space and i think that's one thing that trav and i have to offer is we've been fully immersed in this space for the past couple of years um i think in terms of web 3 you need to be really mindful with the customer not to scare them so Thinking about some an offering that's bite-sized, that's simple, even as simple as offering payments in credit cards so people don't have to, mm. first of all, buy crypto, create a wallet and things like that. So we've been doing a lot of research into different options there so that our clients can 
sell this to their customers and the customer just buys the NFT on their credit card. So trying to remove those sticking points, you have to think about that a lot more for a Web3 idea than you do for Web2. You can launch a new product and your key issue is really how are you going to market that. But for Web3, you've really got to think about those sticking points. So how do you market it? Um, And what language do you use? Maybe you don't even use the word NFT. Maybe it's called an access pass or a membership pass or a loyalty pass fan pass it can be anything and i think Mm -hmm. steering away from the language of crypto and nfts is probably something that you should do um from for new web3 projects to help the onboarding of the average person out there who hasn't been playing in crypto in the web3 space like we have Mm. that's really smart advice and i was i was reading a tweet the other day and it said that the web3 companies that will succeed are those that look like web2 companies right now so and i love what you just said then as well don't call it an nft call it a membership card or even a digital token but i think we actually almost need to move away from crypto and nfts because unfortunately at the moment especially they do seem to be getting a bit of a bad rap there's a lot of things going around in terms of scams people lost a lot of money right now and it is it's it's almost like becoming dare i say a little bit of a dirty word sometimes you know if i say the word nft people go oh don't want to hear about that scam that pyramid scheme i'm like no no no, no. You, you're missing it like this is the thing i just want everyone to not write it off because of some people in the space that have just basically completely abused it right and i think this is like an like anything any new technology like even in the web 2 boom people were just putting dot com and it was just going nuts and people lost a lot of money then and this is the same it's like web 3.0 and there's always going to be people that come in and try and take advantage there's been lots of rug pulls but what I think is coming now and next, which excites me, is that we've because we've kind of got past all of that and now we're in this bear market, you're seeing who's here for the long run. You're seeing who who is actually building a business. And this is what Pam and I have been saying from day one and what why we got really excited with Sisterhood is because we saw the opportunity to build something, to build an incredible community, to actually build something that was going to offer value for our holders. I think we are way past the days where you could just launch a PFP and sell it for, you know, two ETH. Like that's not going to happen anymore. People have got to start thinking about what am I building? What business am I going to be building? What value? What is the product market fit in this? And that's the mentality that I'm encouraging people in the space to have. So I love to talk about now, like with with your business and the way you're thinking, like where where would you like to take Mint Street? Where where do you see the future of your business and how it's going to have such a big impact for those artists and those, you know, brands that want to really get into this space? Yeah, absolutely. I think from the brand side of things, we'd like to create a roadmap for them. So mm-hmm. it's not just a one-off idea of where we've launched an NFT tick, we've done Web3. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What we're looking to do is create a staggered approach um, and make some suggestions and provide some options for them to offer some different Web3 products to their customers over time. And then eventually looking at things like the metaverse, but as you know as well, it's early days for that. So when clients are coming to me and saying, I want to buy land in the metaverse, I want to do this. I'm really trying to find out why and and mm. what's driving that. And if it's just because everyone's talking about the metaverse at the moment, that might not be the best suggestion for them, depending on, I guess, how mature their organisation is in terms of Web3. And I think from the artist side of things, 
We want to create new revenue streams for artists. They struggle so much to sell tickets to concerts. Uh, so I saw a post the other day and an artist had to cancel a concert because not enough tickets were sold prior to the gig. Um, and then 75 people wrote on the post, oh, I was coming, I just hadn't bought my tickets yet. And that doesn't work for the artist. The artist has had to cancel it. They've lost out money. The other punters who had bought tickets are disappointed because the show's been cancelled. So it's about trying to create sustainable revenue practices for artists. So selling things like an NFT, they get some some funds up front so it's secured and, and for the maybe for a 12 month period you might buy an nft that gives you a vinyl copy of their new record you might get some merchandise and then you get a gig ticket mm-hmm. to attend um so things like that it can be quite simple it doesn't need to be daunting and again it's a, a lot of the, um, these artists it's their first foray into the space so we want to keep it simple for them but it's ways for them to generate more revenue and uh, through throughout covid they've struggled so much and travel stopped touring throughout the entire two years of covid hence um he's read every white paper known to man when it comes to crypto <laughs> and nfts and um that's what he spent his time doing but um it's, it's really hit them hard financially. So we really want to create a space. We've got a long-term vision for Mint Street that, that really, I guess, offers collaboration between artists. So um, fashion, musicians, and trying to pair up the two. So if there's a fashion show going on, oh, there's already been fashion shows in the metaverse, that will continue going. Um, do we have a musician who would like to collaborate with them? So trying to create a bit of a hub um, for creators and in particular Australian creators at this point in time. Yeah. I love that. And I love the word collaboration because if someone said to me, describe Web3, it's probably one of the first words I would say, collaboration. I have never met so many people willing to just help you out or introduce you to certain people. Like it does feel like a very small hub of just a community of people that generally are excited about this space and are going, come and meet this person, come to this event, come and come over here and join this community here. It's, it just seems for the, for the first time along in a long time for me anyway, so collaborative, so inclusive. And I guess that's what really brought me into the space and got me excited is because one thing I didn't want to see is the same thing that the same mistakes happening that got made in web two. So web two, I would say that was just such a boys club. There's only a handful of companies there that have really dominated. And as a creator, all, you know, you're going on, you're going to Instagram, YouTube, all, all of those platforms. And we know who benefits from all of your content and your, all of your creativity. Whereas Web3 is going to be all about putting the the power back into the creator's hands. And that's what really excited me. I thought this is the future. People are now getting a bit annoyed about where's my data going? What's happening? You know, uh, hang on a second. I didn't say that, you know, you could just take that and and market and, and, and have this marketed to me. Like I'm constantly just being like shown things. I'm like, God, how do they know this like about me? It's, it's, it's getting to a point where I'm like, this has to stop. So that's why I love Web3. But I also want to make sure that it is diverse, it is inclusive, and that women especially do not get left behind. And you're you're somebody that's been in technology for a long time, but a lot of women would see tech and Web3 and crypto as a, as a bit of a boys club. So what would you say to women listening to this right now that are 
curious about this new space, but maybe a little bit nervous or scared to get involved? Like, what advice would you give to that woman listening to this right now? Absolutely. Um, it's, I'm having a flashback to when I worked for Norbert <laughs> and I was the first female that joined their IT team. Mm. So I used to go to branch meetings and there would be 40 of us sitting around the table and I was the only female. And yeah, far out the, um, the way I was treated during that um, experience. I look back now and think it's quite oh. shocking, but I really learned so much and grew through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for new people coming into the space and who maybe are a bit daunted by the tech culture and things like that, I've never experienced in my career um, such a collaborative environment, just as you said, Um you can email people, you can send them a DM on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and before you know it, you're having a Google Meet with them and they're sharing advice, um, sharing their journey, connecting you to other people. Um, and I guess it's about just stepping out of your comfort zone and not thinking, I don't want to bother that person or they look really busy because they're posting a lot on LinkedIn. Um I've messaged lots of people and cre- and created some amazing relationships and, and vice versa. People have messaged me and then we've set up um, mentoring, regular mentoring from it, and I'm sharing everything I can. Um, I think my Web3 bestie, she's based in Canada, and we met in a Discord one day, um, and she just wanted to have a chat. So I think it's not being afraid to reach out to people and just ask for a 30-minute video chat, and they can pepper people like us with questions on where to start. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, there's a number of different discords that are really friendly and welcoming for that space. If you're into that already, um, if not, um, reach out to people and they can guide you through the discord process. For example, um, curious Addies, meta angels, they're really welcoming environments, um, that welcomes me. Um, and I try and pay it forward by doing AMAs on transitioning into Web3 and things like that. And they're really safe spaces. And you'll find that some of those, some of those communities have uh, female cha- uh, channels or minority cohort mm-hmm. channels where you can feel a little bit safer asking those questions. But I guess my, my one piece of advice is just don't be afraid to DM people mm-hmm. and, and ask for a virtual coffee catch up. I love that. That's just such good advice. And and that's how you reached out to me. And we just got chatting on LinkedIn and I was like, right, stuff this. Let's just jump on and do a podcast. Let's let's get this online. Let's get this recorded, this conversation. But that's kind of what I want to do. Like anytime someone reaches reaches out to me, I'm like, let's let's record this conversation. Obviously, we'll have a chat afterwards as well. But I think it's like every single person I speak to has got an, uh, their own story. And from that story becomes inspiration. And then people go, do you know what? This isn't a big, scary place. This is actually just when you really sort of take a step back, it's it's just the evolution of the internet and mm-hmm. it's it is a bit new technology, but you don't need to know about all of the technology. Like you don't jump onto a website and go, right, what's this built on? You know, is it responsive? It you just go, Oh, this is a cool experience. I'm gonna go and yeah. buy some clothes or I'm gonna go and chat to this person. You don't need to know about the technology. You don't need to become an expert. You just need to understand that this is coming. And as women especially, we need to have a seat at the table because if we want to build something that's going to be safe and secure and inclusive we need to be a part of those conversations and I think there's a lot of women that did feel they probably got left behind in web 2 
And we're not going to let that happen now. And I, that's what I'm sensing. I'm sensing a lot of fierce women rising up and pulling each other up to be like, we need to be in this space. We deserve to have a voice. Let's yep. elevate each other and let's be heard. And there are so many incredible female-led projects out there. Meta Angels, one of them that I, I'm into the Meta Angel myself. I was just bought into their mission and their vision might be a FF, another incredible one we interviewed them the other day on our podcast uh, world of women obviously incredible one there like there's just i could go on and on and on there's so many not your bro like melbourne based one as well incredible doing incredible things but love love to know like if you anyone in particular that you think is like a good example of a really good business model as well like any any obviously you, you've mentioned meta angels but any other projects that you felt like yes that was such a great project the way they executed their community like any anyone's in particular that spring to mind i think one that springs to mind is curious Addie's trading club mm-hmm. um so the co-founders are ben and my uh, they're from the u.s um and they're both developers um and absolute tech heads and when they minted uh, the project. It was all about um, essentially becoming the Duolingo for NFTs, basically teaching people all about NFTs. And I, I minted one of their NFTs and I, I can't recall how many they were originally selling, but they ended up pausing the mint halfway through. And, and sometimes people would look at that and think, oh no, it, it's been a failure. And far out, have they put their head down and just continued to build and expand? Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in I guess a collaborative manner, like we were just talking about, they're constantly saying, okay, um, you guys are currently paying X amount of dollars for pre-mint to run raffles and things like that. We're going to create one for free to try and help you and mm. and really help people who are in this mar- the bear market and building. Um, they did a tweet the other day saying they wanted to um, do the tech for free for five female-led projects and things like that. They're just constantly okay. offering value. Um mm. I've emailed them a couple of times for advice and things like that. So I think to me, they're, they're showing really great leadership in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I guess, encompass what Web3 is about, which is helping people. And I think those of us that are in the space early, um, and, and really dedicated to the space, um, I guess it's our responsibility to help onboard others and to create a welcoming space. Um, and for others, um, you know, I'm sure at some point we'll catch up in person and things like that at events and things like that. I can introduce you to other people and vice versa and just really support each other. Um, and that's yeah. what's so fantastic about Web3 at the moment. I love that. And I completely agree. And on that note, we're uh, we're doing a, a Melbourne-based Web3 event and uh, I would love to meet you there. So we'll absolutely catch up in, in real life very soon, I'm sure. But this is what it's all about, right? And and what you just said then, I, I love Curious Addies myself. I think they've done some incredible things. And like you said, very supportive within the Web3 community as well. So it's just a shining example of the difference, I believe, between Web2 and Web3. You, you'd never, you know, if you try to email, I'm sure that the founders of Google in the early days, you maybe not would, would maybe not have got a response. I don't know, could be wrong there. But this yeah. feels very different. This feels like it's a very inclusive club. Of course, there's some people out there that, you know, still think it's, you know, for boys only. And I was talking to a woman the other day that had quite a bad experience in, in a discord, which I was quite sad about. But you're always going to get that. But the majority yeah. of people that are in this space want to bring others in, want to make it feel... <laughs> 
safe for people to come into these communities and ask questions and not feel stupid because I think yep. that's the one thing that when I first got into the space that put me off was all the acronyms what's a PFP what's what's you know do your own research means what's WAGME mean all of these things I was like what what are these what does this even mean yes. what's GM what's GN like it, and it sounds sounds so silly right when I say it now but that is literally how I started like you know back in January like being like my husband was trying to explain it to me and he was saying like you need to look into nfts like this is gonna be the future and i remember looking at going what on earth is all of this like that and it was just so confusing and but instantly that's when a light bulb went off because i thought well mm -hmm. if that's how i'm feeling as a woman this is how every other woman entering this space is going to feel and also not just women but a lot of people entering this space and go that's not for me and yep. that's the danger because we can't be dismissive because that's where we're going to miss out on opportunities coming so i love what you're doing i think that you know, you've said some incredible things today that I really hope give people some inspiration just to look into it, DM, reach out, ask questions, be curious, look into what other products are doing. But if anyone does really want to learn more about yourself, Minstry, where can I send them? Where should I direct them to? Absolutely. So um, our website is Mint ST, so mintstreet.xyz. Um, otherwise, if they send me a message on LinkedIn, um, that's probably the best place to, to grab me. And like I said, I'm, I mentor lots of people and um, I'm keen to make more connections in the space. So if anyone's interested or has any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM. Awesome. I'll make sure I put all those links in uh, in the show notes. But Tia, it's been wonderful chatting with you today. And uh, I'll definitely look forward to meeting you in real life uh, at, at an event coming up, I'm sure. So thank you so much. And thank you so much for everyone who listened. Make sure you connect with Tia. And uh, if you haven't already, please join our newsletter, join our Discord. Love to see you in there. And I'll chat to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please give a little share on your social. And if you have time, please leave a review. And I hope to see you next time. Take care.